All right, Kurt, we are we're live. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Nice to nice to be on the show. Yeah, it's nice to have you. And um, I'm really excited for our conversation today because you are the VP of Marketing Communications at uh, Notre Dame Dana Moore, which is um, has just gone through sort of like a, a pivotal shift as as a university uh, in in the last year and a half. And I want to chat with you all about that shift because. It's, it's actually a shift that I think many colleges and universities are, are going to have to consider, if not already are considering. And I am just hungry to hear from your perspective what this change has, has looked like and how people have responded to this change. So I'm just very, very honored that you have made time in your very busy schedule to have this chat. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah, it's, it has been a pivotal change for the university. I joined the university back in June of 2022 to really kind of rebuild the marketing organization and, and the, kind of the go-to-market strategy for the school after they decided to kind of change focus from an undergrad, fully grad school to mostly focus on graduate programs and, and degree completion programs. So it's been a it's been a definite pivot for the campus community, but also the surrounding community that we are um, here in Belmont, California. So. Um, but as you mentioned, it's not dissimilar to a lot of universities going through similar transformations, especially the more the older brick and mortar type universities. We've been in uh, universities since 1851. We've just celebrated 100th anniversary here in Belmont, California. Wow. So we're one of the uh, oldest universities in the state of California. And so um, our longevity has been a hallmark of our organization as far as an institution. But it also brings to challenges of, you know, moving at a a very legacy driven organization into the future. Yeah. And that's kind of where we are right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, talk about like a, a, a just incredible challenge, but also just remarkable opportunity, right? You're, you're working with a, a brand yes. that has a lot of legacy that has been around for, for a long time. And, and you, and you just mentioned this, but just to reiterate again for, for our listeners. So the institution made a, made a decision uh, a couple years, a couple years ago, or right around the time that you were, you were joining the, the institution to shut down sunset, its undergrad programs, focus all uh, uh, all of its efforts on promoting graduate programs and degree completion programs, which I would imagine like did not necessarily go over very easy for, for the community or uh, like, talk to us a little bit about, first and foremost about, and again, I know that you've only been there for a year and a half, but what, what was right. the reaction like? Like what, what did people think when they heard this news? Yeah, it was pretty um, um, dramatic for the community as far as the legacy we've had here. Like I said, 100 years here in the Belmont community, um, just uh, just celebrated last month. And um, when we made that decision, I wasn't here at the time. It was a um, prior administration, actually, that decided to do this. But the decision really kind of put a lot of uh, questions about, you know, what our, or, our institution is as far as going forward and, you know, how are we going to um, remold, if you will, the, the identity of our institution, which had been known for so long as a full, you know, four-year undergrad you know, and graduate program. Yeah. So you can imagine there's expectations that were set. A lot of communities here put their families through these schools because, you know, we're the schools in the marketplace for a lot of those families. Um, so people who had been alumni of our undergrad program only and hadn't gotten the grad program, people who were intending to send their kids here probably, who are you know growing up in the high school down the street and the elementary school, which we also have here in Belmont, um, it was it, yeah it was definitely a shock to the to the community. Yeah. Um, 
And I think one of the things that if I would had been around at the time, I probably would have had a better communication plan at the time to explain that direction that we're headed. Yeah. Because I, when I got here um, last year, there was a lot of misinformation about what we had done. Hmm. Some even thought we'd actually closed the entire campus down uh, versus just the undergrad program. Wow. So since I arrived, I've really had to not only rebuild the marketing team, but also kind of reposition that our brand is still here. We still have an institution that's alive and well as far as um, graduate programs and completion programs. So it's really changing the narrative, basically. Um, and you know how social media works. As soon as something happens, and if it's not accurate, then it becomes fact. And yeah. I think that's something that, you know, when you're struggling to re-establish um, the right information in the marketplace and, um, you know, establish our future, you know, vision of where we're going, it takes a lot longer than that some of the other kind of news that gets out there. And so um, it's been kind of a reset. Um, you know, we have a motto here that's kind of a, hundred year old startup is kind of what we are huh. because in a lot of ways, you know, education is changing across the world. You know, we know this, um, we're not the only university who's challenged with pivoting from a brick and mortar structure to more of an online virtual environment, especially post COVID where that was kind of mandated for education yeah. uh, when we're all in kind of quarantine. And so when we come out of COVID we look at the landscape of, uh, you know, learning, um, many schools have decided that, you know, to be, in a survival of, you know, long-term stability, we need to look at how we can transform a lot of these programs online and make sure that, um, you know, we can still get students to participate in our programs, um, even if they don't live here in local Bay Area, yeah. wherever they might be across the country. Yeah, no, and, and I think what's so impressive, actually, is that you guys did make the decision to, to pursue this bold move, because I think the stereotypes anyways, right, about like longer, more traditional, like legacy institutions is they're very resistant to change. They're very resistant to anything, uh, you know, uh, dramatic. And I think in, in many contexts, it, it would have it would have been even more expected to just kind of close the doors, right? And, and in some ways, maybe maybe that would, would have even been preferred by stakeholders, right? And, and yet it's it's actually pretty remarkable and, and laudable that you all have decided to take this this remarkable pivot and say no 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 hey we we've got great offerings we have a good product we have great faculty we don't believe that our mission here is finished but we are also smart and we're looking at the data and we have you know we're we're looking at kind of where we're at with enrollment rates we're looking specifically at how right. learning has shifted and we're going to be, you know, smart stewards of this business. And we're all the data is saying is saying that we, you know, aren't growing over here. We're growing over here. Let's put our eggs in these baskets, which are much more sustainable for us in the long run. So it's a it's a very smart business decision, obviously, uh, and, and also just I think a very um, uh, a very inspiring decision because I think there is a lot of fear amongst leadership in 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 any sort of kind of big bold move like this and so to to be able to point to you all quite frankly as an example for the greater community to learn from and to watch and see how things go uh i i think is um is a real gift to to the community i i'm curious about what kind of positive feedback you all might have received about the pivot obviously there's lo loads of negative feedback i'm sure just because humans like to complain at our core, <laughs> we don't really like change, even though we think that, you know, or say that we like change. Um, 
but but what what were what was some of the encouraging feedback that the institution received and or that you since joining might might have received from from stakeholders yeah i think a lot of our um stakeholders were um happy we wanted to continue this institution in a way that you know the legacy of it is so profound mm-hmm. and you know the, the the founding of the institution with the sisters of notre dame and the, the journey they made to the u.s to start these educational um institutions on the west coast and you know as i mentioned we're the third oldest university here in california um the legacy is quite um amazing and yeah. uh, what what the sisters were able to achieve in creating these institutions really to serve underprivileged markets and, and women who needed education at the time um, we were we were the first university to offer women bachelorette degrees because wow. there wasn't a really a place for women to get degrees at the time they started in 1851. So there's a lot of um, trailblazing and uh, breaking ground on on kind of a, a different way of the the world as we moved into the 21st century. So that legacy is very much part of our brand and our institution. Um, and I think the committee was very positive that we wanted to you know we didn't want to just not have that going forward. Yeah. But we wanted a way, to your point, that could be profitable for the school as far as enrollment, as far as focus on what we do best and and really look at the pivot to digital and online learning, um, you know, which is no small feat. I mean, when you think about um, some schools have the luxury of starting as a digital institution with, yeah. you know, 100% online learning as, a, as a really the only offer. And we're trying to move from a, you know, a balanced approach from having hybrid in-person classes as well as online classes so we're giving um, you know the the people out there options and choice of how they learn, and we're learning that there's still a body of groups of folks who want to learn in classrooms and really you know have a kind of gregarious interaction with their students, uh, fellow students, and those who really want to just work from home and get their degree from home and you know go to work. And most of our students are you know adult workers. Yeah. You know, our average students thirty five. They're family focused. They have jobs. So the flexibility is really important right now with education. And that's why I think we all feel like we can reach more people through this strategy as far as our vision and values as an institution than if we just continue to be in person only. Well, it happened again. Prospect Paul is excited about attending your institution, but is getting consistently confused by all of the information and tasks he needs to complete to enroll, creating friction, and even worse, possible melt. You knew this would happen again, which is why you've been flagging the need for a come to Jesus meeting with leadership from marketing, admissions, and IT to audit the digital experience for prospective students. Here's the problem. You're not gonna convince Mark from marketing to let go of his marketing automation software. Adriana from admissions just got set up with her new CRM, and Isabel from IT is still working through ticket requests from last Christmas. But what if you could come to the table with a solution that didn't require anyone to let go of their software, while at the same time ensuring a frictionless experience for prospects and current students alike? Well, my friend, guess what? Today is your lucky day. Meet Pathify, an innovative higher ed engagement hub that puts students at the center of their college journey. Pathify sits at the center of your school's digital ecosystem, becoming the single user experience interface tying together all systems, content, and communications. 
Their engagement hub elevates the information that matters most and pushes systems like your SIS behind the scenes where they belong, which makes it simpler for students to discover and engage with the opportunities your institution provides at every step of their higher ed journey, from prospect all the way through to alumni. What's even better is that Pathify has a mobile experience that provides 100% parity with the responsive web app, so your campus app is always in sync. Pathify is a platform that every stakeholder on campus, from marketing to admissions to student affairs to IT, etc., can get equally excited about. You can learn more about how Pathify is uniting strategic units across campus and bettering the entire student experience by visiting pathify.com. And be sure to tell them that Zach from the Enrollify podcast sent you their way. Again, that's pathify.com. And be sure to mention that you heard about them on the Enrollify podcast. All right, folks. Back to the show. A hundred percent. And I want to, I want to ask from a marketing standpoint, like what, what are some of the biggest challenges when it comes to repositioning the, the value offer of, of the institution? Cause I would imagine, right. Beyond just needing to clean up the website and be clear that, Hey, we no longer offer undergraduate degrees here. Beyond those kind of basic things, as you guys just think about the the core message that you're that you're delivering to to the market, how how has that shifted? Yeah, it's it's like I said, our target audience is very different. Um, yeah. We used to obviously target eighteen to twenty one year olds, mostly the parents of those kids, because they were looking for an undergrad program for their children. It's very you know it's kind of how most universities with undergrad programs work. We're now an adult learner institution in most cases. Yes, we do have some younger students with a degree completion programs, but most are in, you know, for average age is 35. We actually have students in their forties and fifties as well. So it's a very different value proposition to the focus on Um, their lifestyles, their, um, their needs, as far as what their expectations are, are very different and where they are in their life cycle is very different. So you can imagine after a hundred, you know, nearly a hundred years of having a specific uh, kind of institution and pivoting to a graduate focused school, the, the large amount of the audiences we were trying to, um, you know, attract to the university has changed completely. Yeah, and uh, that's a learning curve because most people here who have been here longer um, are used to that other, you know, focus because that was what drove our school for so long. Um, so it's an education. It's also it's also time, and brands take time to build, as as you may know. It's yeah. not something you do one day. Next day, you have a complete understanding of who you are. And in addition to kind of redefining the brand, we also had to rebuild the brand because of the some of the misinformation that was out there a few years ago about we just closed the school when yeah. we really didn't. Yeah. Um, really actually just decided to pivot to a different type of school. But then you're 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 going upstream with, okay, that's already out in the market. So now you have to correct that mis- misinformation. But then you have to move forward and build a new vision for the future based on our focus and a different audience for a target than we have been targeting. Yeah. So we're probably in a year, a little into a year of this journey, if I would put it in a kind of a timeline. Yeah. And I think we're still trying to define it, but also we're excited that we have grown um, year over year fall enrollment has grown for the first time in 10 years. Wow. So we're, we're, we're back to growth, which is a really exciting um, you know, strategy that we've had um, in the short term, it's actually proven we can build back the institution. And um, we're looking for the next years ahead to be as, um, a, you know, a, a growth as far as attracting our growth as we have been of the last 12 months. So um, we're excited about it. I think it's taken time. You can imagine 
moving a large ship and yeah. you, know, you start turning before you get to the turn. <laughs> and, um, you know, that's kind of where we are at the moment. Yeah, no, I, I mean, it makes a ton of sense and congratulations on, on that quick, that quick growth. Like what a, what a cool testament I'm sure to, to all the people that like made this decision. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. Seeing, it, seeing it, this it took is, a village to do it. Yeah. Everyone in every part of the university and the academic side, administration side, um, you know, we all have to work as a team yeah. um, and make sure that we're all on the same page. From from your understanding, uh, since we're talking about administration and, and faculty and whatnot, how how was the like internal like staffing response to to this decision? Like, I'm sure again, I'm sure there there's a, there was a range of emotions, but like, sure. was the overall sentiment? Was there an understanding that this is what needed to be done? Like, how, from a cultural standpoint, a staffing cultural standpoint, how did how did folks hear the news? Yeah, it was a shock. I mean, I wasn't here when that decision yeah. was made. I wasn't here when it was communicated. But what I've heard from others um, who are here, um, you know, it was a shock to this university, um, you know, faculty and administration, just like it was the community we are serving. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a hard decision to make. I mean, nothing was uh, taken lightly. And, yeah. um, you know, with any transformational strategy, there are emotions, you know, and, and people affected by it. And I think, you know, all we can do is go forward with the understanding that, you know, here's our new mission. And I think everyone understood that, you know, we were in a, um, a direction, heading in a direction that wasn't um, sustainable. Yeah. I mean, you know, plain and simply. And I said, you know, we're not the only university going through this. There's a lot of universities with similar challenges um, everywhere. And yeah. um, it, it takes a moment of truth to say, look, we can't continue as is. That's not an option. Yeah. So what can we do to build, you know, build back st st stability and, you know, I think the strategy we just decided was the best option. Yeah. Um, but there's no doubt it, in fact, impacted people. Obviously, those, especially in the undergrad school that were part of this university, had the biggest impact. Yeah. Um, and we're, we're, we're a much smaller organization today than we were, you know, five or six years ago, as far as, you know, administration, even. There was yeah. a lot of changes. So, um, yeah, it, it, it was hard. It was, it was um, you know, emotional, yeah. to say the least. Yeah. Um, and, and I think we're still going through that, to be quite honest with you. I mean, I've I arrived after it all happened, you know, in, into the process of recovery, really. And um, there's still emotions. I mean, if you had, especially for those folks who were here, um, who have been here more than, you know, 10, 20 years, 30 years, they all know what we were. So yeah. there's a lot of that kind of you know, where we go forward. And there's a lot of empathy towards those folks affected, obviously, which, you know, everyone feels. Um, but it was almost, you know, it was almost a necessary decision yeah. at the time that we were and what we were heading towards if we didn't change. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it makes a ton of sense. And what, what, you know, we will never know, but hopefully what most people thought or realized, I should say, is that, Hey, this, this story is going to play out across the country. Do we want to be on like the leading edge here? Right. Or, or do we want to be doing this once it's like popular and everyone else is doing it? And I think it, it was just a very like astute like observation and, and wise decision from from the powers that be to, to kind of be a, a first mover and shaker, an early adopter, so to speak, of this shifting strategy. And hopefully the, the you know, the more open minded and, 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 um, and thoughtful uh, community members could could see that. Right. And could see, oh, hey, like, yeah, things do look different today than they did five, six, seven years ago. 
uh, we, we, we all were kind of wondering what was going to happen. But but now, right, we, we have this course of action. We've got this direction right. that, that we're working towards. And it, it is almost like this 100-year-old startup, right, of like, Wow! Now we mm-hmm. get to now we get to build something new again, right? And what are what are the parts of the legacy that we want to continue to maintain and grow and develop? But then, what are the new things that we can do now that we are right. a little bit more hyper focused, right? Uh, it, you can do a lot when you're incredibly focused. It's it's often yeah. actually harder when you have to market, you know, a, a product that a suite of products that are, that are incredibly like deep and wide. I in some ways it's a lot easier, or at least you can do it more thoughtfully when it comes to marketing a a smaller suite of, of 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 offerings. So hopefully, at the end of the day, folks folks have been able to see that. On that note, like how how has marketing changed? Like as you guys think about, obviously you're still so so new into this in the grand scheme of things. You've had to build rebuild a whole the whole organization. But as you guys think about marketing and 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 brand. Uh, campaigns as you think just a little bit more about program promotions like how how have strategies shifted with respect to how things were based off of your understanding before uh, you arrived yeah well education marketing has changed a lot in the sense that um we're in the modern world now like anything you shop for whether it's a retail product or an education people have choice and um the internet's open to bunch of options for anyone to research and decide what's best for them. Yeah. So the digital presence is critical to success. Um, I don't think anyone does anything until they Google it, you know, that yeah. what, what do I think about this place or what other people think about this place, and especially in institutions like this, what other people say about it is really important. Or if you had someone who went here before and was alumni or, you know, a family member who went here and they asked, you know, how is the education? That, that's a huge uh, part of the, you know, you know, brand validation for a university. Yeah. But we have to be in the digital world. We have, you know, we had to rebuild the social media strategy and get out into the social media world in a very proactive way, mostly for awareness initially that we're here. Hmm. We offer these programs. You know, we have a great psychology program, business school and, um, you know, education school and really educate the community about what we offer. Um, but then we had to look at how we do acquisition differently. So if you think about uh, a student looking for a solution to go to get their uh, MBA these days, yeah. there's a ton of options out there, yeah. all, all the way from you know the tip of each part of the country, you can get an education online and you can shop for price, you can shop for how fast. And so we're in a very different world of, of selecting a school than we've ever been. And um, you know, it used to be you would visit a campus and you go to a, a rotation and you would uh, you would review you know the curriculum and you talk to faculty face to face. And all those things are still important part of the recruiting, but we have to be nimble enough to do that in a digital way. Yeah. Whether we do it through these types of interactions through Zoom or uh, do open houses on campus, there's still a lot of those hybrid things we need to do, but do things much more aggressively as far as how we're out there and how you access us. Everyone has several access points when they're looking at um, any decision when it comes to you know attending a school or buying something. And we have to be in all those platforms and be aware. So yeah. it's an omni-channel world. At the same time, there's still a lot of hands-on stuff. Like we still go to uh, recruiting fairs. And we still are out there in, in the traditional industry um, type of environment for, for university recruitment. Um, but but it's not that that alone will not get us over the the, the top. Yeah. We you know you have to also have a, a brand strategy that gets you out in the market, especially as we pivot more to online uh, education. 
where instead of a 50 mile radius around the Belmont Bay area is our market, it's now the state of California, or, you know, we have 27 other states we can market to right now. So we can't get out to them physically, obviously, and talk to the, each of those prospects. So we have to have a very robust, um, you know, digital engagement process, you know, automated process using AI much more aggressively um, with text messages or chat bots or, um, you know, how we present ourselves on a digital phone, which is pretty much how everyone looks at everything these days. Yeah. Uh, application process, how easy it is to apply, get information from a counselor. All those things are part of the value proposition that people just expect these days because now we're competing with all those other you know, schools out there that offer online university education Yeah, who created school as an online school. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's something that we have to be conscious of that we can't just be, um, you know, almost as equal to them. We have to try to strive to get to that level of sophistication. Yeah. Yeah. No. So well said. And, you know, one of the things I've, I've wondered when it comes to online program marketing is while well, many programs right have the ability to, to market in uh, a, a number of, of, of states uh, in in most contexts anyways I always wonder like when when you start bidding on you know keywords or you start thinking about social ads in states other than California you're obviously competing with a lot a lot more people obviously you have plenty of competition in california itself but as you ex- as you expand right things just get more expensive and and you're you're just mm-hmm. comparing you're, you're just competing for for mind share like everybody else is right i'm curious how have you guys thought or wait like w- when it comes to marketing these these online programs is it is it helpful to have to market to a, a local slash regional audience, even though it's an online program, simply because they understand that you they've seen like your campus or they've seen a sign for your campus or they, they they're just aware right. that there is a physical location? Like, is that is that proving to be a, a, a benefit or, or 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 not necessarily? Yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, all the research out there today says that a lot of online um, students are going to their schools within still a proximity of their campus, right? Yeah. They're not, you know, unless you're a Phoenix or some large institutional global um, reach thing, and you see a lot of institutions now going into these global platforms. Yeah, but but you need the brand awareness to start to the, to get that initial engagement. So we're not there yet as an institution that's known across the country, obviously, because we've had all our legacy here in the Bay Area. Um, Notre Dame doesn't hurt as a name because obviously everyone knows Notre Dame and South Bend. Yeah. But uh, we can't compete with those keywords because obviously yeah. <laughs> we're not market size. So we're focused more on our programs and what we offer from a program level. Like, you know, we, we're, we're offering a new um, diversity, equity, inclusion, leadership, um, master's degree. So we love to focus those kind of words in our marketing. We yeah. also have a, new, uh, a newer MBA STEM program and MS tech program. So we're trying to pivot towards the specific programs that we have that fit a real niche that people want for careers. And that's a really, another very big um, lesson that we need to start practicing is understanding our market needs from a career perspective and the career market changed dramatically. Um, And I think we need to make sure that we're educating our students to be employable Hmm. in their field once they leave and you know it used to be you got an mba from a school and you could go get a job these days you need to specialize a little more you have to be what you know what is that application going to be technology obviously here in silicon valley where we are located is a huge focus of career um, development because that's kind of the companies that hire in this area 
So a lot of our students are looking for those, you know, are we sensitive to the marketplace? Are we understanding the the companies are hiring these types of, you know, workers that these have these skills and they have to have these types of educational backgrounds to be successful. Um, those are things we have to take into consideration when we start building new programs. And um, I think that's something that we are doing very well at the moment because we are putting new programs online that are more relevant to what's out there to get jobs yeah. versus just any, we don't want to just put every, every career, you know, every program we have online just and say we're done. We also have to look at the curriculum that we're offering. And um, you're seeing a lot more universities um, also offering, you know, much more uh, choice and the types of degrees they can put together um, based on their backgrounds and experiences when it comes to um, degree choice and, and, and how they learn, as I mentioned earlier, but how quickly they can get their degrees are also considerations that we have to be you know conscious of, yeah. um, especially for older working adults. They're not in the market for the four-year undergrad experience. They don't, you know, we don't, we used to have support teams here. We don't anymore. You know, they're not necessarily needing to come to campus every day because they're, you know, they have jobs and they have families potentially. So we have to be able to service them and know what their needs are. Yeah. Um, and make sure that we're offering degrees that aren't just for the sake of, you know, taking a box that I got an MBA or an, a master's degree, but what is it doing to help my career? What does it do to foster my uh, development in my career? And those are the ones that are answering the phones, right? Yeah. Because they want those types of institutions that really can help them, you know, advance their careers. Yeah. And that's kind of our focal point um, now that we're moving into this direction. Do you have you found that the acceleration of of like product development with respect to new degree, new masters, uh, like formation and 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 shipping uh, uh, of these new of these new offerings, has the pace and has the speed been able to like increase in light of this kind of shift or like because I think one of the one of the hardest things tends to be that by the time programs kind of actually get out there, they're kind of now old right because it took three four years whatever it is to like get everything kind of aligned and approved how how are you guys working as an institution to offer these new these new degrees quickly yeah i mean it, you still have to go through all the normal approval processes yeah. with um, accreditors and, yeah and everything so it's not like you just tomorrow we're offering this it takes 18 to 24 months to be to be totally honest on you know launching a new degree program yeah um, to get through all the hoops that requires to be, you know, you know, be able to do it. So um, it's not something you can do quickly. Um, putting programs we already have online is a lot more efficient, a lot easier because they're already approved. Hmm. But if you're building a new product, you have to really go through the whole process of, you know, defining it and then getting it reviewed and all those things. So I don't think we're going to, in the near future, come into a market where we can do things much faster than that. Yeah. Um, because we still have the traditional education infrastructure around us that is not a i would say quick and nimble um kind of process to yeah. get things done um but i think over time you know i think we'll see obviously the evolution of it because um one thing we do know with the modern consumer is patient is not patience is not something they have right <laughs> they want immediate gratification on all things whether you're shopping at amazon or you're looking for a school you want instant response you want yeah. some kind of knowledge immediately um, and I think that's something that we, we will all as an institutional industry have to move towards, um, you know, as we get into the world of the future of how we not just teach students, but also how we, um, you know, how we as an institution can build uh, degrees or programs in a very efficient and quick way so that we can adapt to the market changes. Yeah. Um, but in that evolutionary stage, it's kind of funny when 
brick and mortar and a lot of you've seen a brick and mortar like just look at the malls that used to be the center of each town and everyone would go to the mall and shop with their families every weekend or you go there with friends yeah and with your friends those are all going away or if not already gone away in yeah. the sense of what they were defined for yeah and most of those malls are not in business because guess what i can go on my phone and order on amazon and you have a delivery you know next day yeah so i don't have to go anywhere and so it's changed the landscape of how we interact as humans and um that's similar to how we have to look at our universities is you know it used to be a place where everyone had to physically go to a campus to get an education but now we know post-covid that's not an that's not a mandate you don't yeah. have to do that yeah and but I think consumers are liking it. I mean, you think you look at the the challenges employers are having getting people to come back full time to the office. Um, it, it, people have gotten used to this kind of hybrid life yeah. where they can be somewhere if they need to be, but they also can do everything they can do from home if they want to. Yeah. And I think that nimbleness is the same with employers out there. Yeah, they they need to have that sensitivity that if I want to attract the top talent. I need a similar, um, you know, meet them where they are and, yeah. and not assume that the old ways are coming back because I don't think they are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree with you more there. And I think what what's interesting then is like how in, in, in this world where you can learn and consume content and, and resources and get educated wherever you want in whatever modality that you want, the from a marketing standpoint, it becomes even harder, right? To, to help mm -hmm. convince folks that your MBA, your online MBA at NDNU, right, is, is the best option for them. And so, be, because, it, you know, so much, I think, of, of differentiation used to be, quite frankly, the on-campus experience, right? People would tout, like, mm -hmm. these incredible facilities, or, hey, you're going to get, like, to be able to meet one-on-one -on -one with Dr. So-and-so, uh, here's their office, right. like, Here's here's the new law building that we just built. Like whatever it, you know might, might have been, th those were the amenities that were flashed as 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 reasons to choose University X over University Y. How how are you guys thinking through this this challenge? Right when for for all intent and purposes, like people people weren't as I think scrupulous, especially as you get to a certain level about the actual offering of like the the nuances maybe that might exist within the context of, of the program because of these other like amenities right and and because of location obviously is kind of like the most important factor for for for, for yeah. many folks now that those barriers are just not necessarily gone but they're 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 different kinds of barriers the weight of the barrier has changed how do you think of positioning these programs in a way that's you know, genuine and inauthentic but but also compelling enough to to pick over maybe a, a more well known regional or, or or national brand. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're a Catholic institution. I think one of the things that we build our brand around is our hallmarks that the sisters created when they founded, um, you know, their 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 mission. And I think it's something that we are still you know very much aware of on campus and how we look at the world. And we really are focused on underserved markets and people that don't have the opportunities to get degrees like they started out in 1851, yeah. you know, giving women degrees for the first time. And we're still in that marketplace. We're still trying to find and we have a lot of marketplaces in California where the underserved markets are needing access to education. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, if you have a ton of money, you can go to these Ivy League schools and, and afford it and pay the tuition required for it. But if you're not, you know, if you're living, you know, paycheck to paycheck or you're not 
able to really just get an education because you know it's ac- the access is limited for them yeah um we want to be there for them as a solution yeah. you know and that's why we we offer those types of programs to specific target markets for those reasons and i think the sisters have been very much uh, kind of the cornerstone of that and as far as uh, their mission of, of what they want to do in the community that they serve and we've been very focused on that and i think that's what makes our niche a little different than yeah. the average school um yeah. we're not trying to be the, the, the a global you know brand yeah with online programs for all we're not trying to compete with the large institutions around us in the bay area um we, you know we have a specific market we want to serve and i think that's where we can be much more hands-on and i think you know as you know when you get too digital you get the humanization of everything goes away yeah um and and it, what ai is doing and you've seen this in the film industry recently is the concern that will take away from the human uh, act, you know, attributes of anything, or even the need for human resources for things. And I think that's where we really want to make sure that our campus is not just a, uh, you know, a robot or robot related type education, but more of a, a, a counseling and mentoring and having those, these people, especially in these underserved markets have some place to really uh, not just learn and get an education, but also, you know, how do they get careers you know, established? How do they build their careers? You know, having that counselor in them um, as far as understanding what their needs are and what they want to do. Yeah. So that hands-on small classes, making it a little more of a boutique type school, I think is our differentiator in a lot of ways. And I think the values that we have um, through the Sisters of Notre Dame is another definitely a differentiator. Um, And, you know, we're not trying to be, you know, a school that's 50,000 students. We want a, a school that, you know, has a good footprint in the Bay Area, but also in markets that we have um, interesting programs for online education. And I think it's a winnable strategy because, yeah. you know, we're not trying to be one of the many or yeah. trying to be a different type of institution. And I think um, where we've seen success over the last 100 years is literally the word of mouth of the quality of education that we have given uh, people in this area. Yeah. Uh, most of the teachers in our, our counties have gone through this school to get their credentials, for example. So there's a lot of good word of mouth of the, the school and that ability to show that we are caring institution about ensuring that you're not just here to get a degree, but actually be successful. Yeah. Um, psychology school here does a great job at practitioner uh, relationships with clinics in the area and um, making sure that the students aren't just learning, but they're actually practicing in, in local clinics and institutional uh, relationships that we have. And I think that's um, it's and people care about that individual student's success. And I think it shows. So, you know, we're trying to keep the human side of this whole thing as we move into more of a a digital world that we are all living in. Um, And I'm a firm believer that, you know, everything's cyclical, you know? And I think when you go too far to the right, you go back to the center. When you go too far to the left, you go back to the center. And I think our technology uh, boom that we've seen, um, AI is obviously on everyone's mind because everyone's concerned about what does it mean for you know careers in the future in any industry. I think there'll be a level of what point we will throttle back because it'll become something where we are consciously thinking, if you dehumanize every interaction, then you know what are we as a society? And I think that's something that I think all people go through in, yeah. as a, as an evolution. But it'll be interesting to see because you know. I've been around long enough where there was no internet yeah, and there was no, there was no way to, there was no windows in the computers. Like there was no way to do anything we do today. And, and I've lived through it. My life has lived through a complete revolution of technology. 
And I'm sure before I'm no longer here, it'll go through another yeah. cycle of yeah. revolution. And I think we're all living through it. And it's interesting because we don't know really what the future is. We have to experience it as it happens. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, uh, 100%. And it's an incredibly dynamic like moment. And it, I, I would imagine it's all the more palpable being in like the heart of Silicon Valley, right? Like where where all of this yeah. is is it, it's like the epicenter of all this, right? Um, which is which is really 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 cool. Um, that's another value add, by the way, that we offer is yeah. our location. I yeah, mean, we are in the heart of Silicon Valley, um, and that is a huge um, interest for students because yeah. this is where they want to. If they want to end up working in the Bay Area, they're already here when they yeah. get their degree, and they have the relationships and contacts they can make with the companies around the area that they may be interested in. So there are a lot of, um, from a location perspective, a lot of basically positives as well. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I like what you said earlier about trying to build and deliver this like boutique experience. And I, I think you also said everything is cyclical. And I think that that's history, you know, uh, uh, backs that up. And I think a lot about mm -hmm. how for the last, you know, maybe several years, it's all been like about consumerism and like more is, you know, more and, bigger, better, bat, you know, larger, like bigger, bigger, anything bigger is always better. And you see like, you know, big boxes, like the big box stores and whatnot. And now I feel like there's this like revolution happening, uh, you know, at least from like my vantage point where people are more, a little bit more interested in like boutique and novel and like, actually no, like, you know what, I'm going to go back and I'm going to go find and buy something on Etsy rather than Amazon from like a local creator or like, yeah, you know what, I'm gonna go and like, there's this new pop up boutique, you know, artisan like bakery or whatever, down the street, I'm gonna go there instead of Safeway or whatever it might be. I think especially mm -hmm. with millennials and, 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 and Gen Z there, there is this sort of like desire, almost like this longing to like return back mm -hmm. to the to the boutique, right? Um, and, and it feels it feels novel because everything is is so Amazon basics today, right? Um, and, and so yep. it, it'll be interesting from from an education standpoint how that how that plays out. And I think what you guys are doing will be a, this beautiful case study of like, hey, your your actual location is super hot and it, it, it's it's incredibly valuable. Your offerings are are now different, right? But you've got this long legacy. You've got the you know the Catholic kind of like religious component to it as well. Um, it, it'll just be like a wonderful case study in what does it mean to build a boutique graduate school online from the ground up, you know, while being, uh, while having a hundred plus years of legacy. So it, it, I, I'm right. just very excited to see how all this continues to shake out. Yeah. We're the very first chapter of the journey and, um, you know, we're all, we're all kind of evolving as an institution and as a, as a community and it's fun to see how ideas are sprung and, you know, bringing in, minds that are thinking differently in some cases, but also maintaining the traditions that this school has created over the last, you know, 100 and, you know, 72 years now. And yeah. I think um, you know, we're very excited about the future. And I think we all need to, I think everyone needs to be nimble and yeah. adaptable. And I think, you know, those are the things that sustain uh, any organization. Um, and our size, I think, enables us to do that. So I'm excited about the future. And you know, what we can do to kind of, you know, build a blueprint for that going forward. Yeah, I, I think for listeners who are, are tuning in, you guys will be a wonderful blueprint to, to follow and to learn from. So I want to just thank you, Kurt, for taking time to out of your busy life to, to chat with us, to share a little bit about your story, a little bit of the story of uh, Andy and you and all the different things that you guys are experimenting with and, and whatnot. For folks that want to stay connected to this story and or just learn a little bit more about what you guys are building, maybe there's somebody who's about to go 
you know, through the same thing and where their school recently announced a, a, a similar sort of pivot. Um, we'll have links to your, uh, your guys' website, obviously. Is there, is there anywhere sure. else you'd want folks to kind of reach out if they want to talk to you directly and or just get, you know, pick, pick your brain uh, personally? Yeah, sure. Um, you can always contact me. My email on campus is Allen A-L-L-E-N, at ndnu.edu. So uh, happy to talk to anyone who wants to chat about challenges and like-minded um, strategies. Um, it, like I said, we're not alone in this yeah. journey. It's um, every university that I've interacted with has a similar um, challenge. So um, to what scale it depends, but um, we're all thinking about the same things for sure. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. And for our listeners, we'll go ahead and just have um, Kurt's email linked in the show notes below. So you can just scroll on down and uh, click on that and shoot him an email if you've got a question or want to connect. Uh, but sir, thank you so much for your time. I, I really appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. Hey, all Zach here from Enrollify. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Enrollify podcast. If you like this episode, do us a huge favor and hit that follow and subscribe button below. Furthermore, if you've got just two minutes to spare, we would greatly appreciate you leaving a rating and a review of this show on Apple Podcasts. Our podcast network is growing by the month, and we've got a plethora of marketing, admissions, and higher ed technology shows that are jam-packed with stories, ideas, and frameworks that are all designed to empower you to become a better higher ed professional. But Enrollify is far more than just a podcast network. Enrollify is where higher ed comes to learn new marketing skills, discover new products and services, and find their next job. We're a growing learning community of 4,000 members, and we'd love to welcome you into the fold. You can access our free blog articles, newsletters, e-courses, and more, or purchase our master course on how to market a university with Terry Flannery at enrollify.org. We look forward to meeting you soon and welcoming you into the community. Again, you can subscribe for free at enrollify.org.